Story ten of Hurlbut's Story of the Bible. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Missy, Guangzhou, China. Hurlbut's Story of the Bible by Jesse Lyman Hurlbut, Part Two. Gideon and his brave three hundred. Again the people of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, in worshipping Baal, and the Lord left them again to suffer for their sins. This time it was the Midianites, living near the desert on the east of Israel, who came against the tribes in the middle of the country. The two tribes that suffered their fate were Ephraim and the part of Manasseh on the west of Jordan. For seven years the Midianites swept over their land every year, just at the time of harvest, and carried away all the crops of grain, until the Israelites had no food for themselves and none for their sheep and cattle. The Midianites brought also their own flocks and camels without number, which ate all the grass of the fields. These Midianites were the wild Arabs, living on the border of the desert, and from their land they made sudden and swift attacks upon the people of Israel. The people of Israel were driven away from their villages and their farms, and were compelled to hide in the caves of the mountains. And if any Israelite could raise any grain, he buried it in pits covered with earth, or in empty wine-presses where the Midianites could not find it. One day a man named Gideon was threshing out wheat in a hidden place, when suddenly he saw an angel sitting under an oak tree. The angel said to him, You are a brave man, Gideon, and the Lord is with you. Go out boldly and save your people from the power of the Midianites. Gideon answered the angel, O Lord, how can I save Israel? Mine is a poor family in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and I will help you drive out the Midianites. Gideon felt that it was the Lord who was talking with him in the form of an angel. He brought an offering and laid it on a rock before the angel. Then the angel touched the offering with his staff. At once a fire leaped up and burned the offering, and then the angel vanished from his sight. Gideon was afraid when he saw this, but the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto you, Gideon, do not fear, for I am with you. On the spot where the Lord appeared to Gideon, under an oak tree near the village of Ophrah, in the tribe-land of Manasseh, Gideon built an altar and called it by a name which means The Lord is Peace. This altar was standing long afterward in that place. Then the Lord told Gideon that before setting his people free from the Midianites, he must first set them free from the service of Baal and Asherah, the two idols most worshipped among them. Near the house of Gideon's own father stood an altar to Baal and the image of Asherah. On that night Gideon went out with ten men and threw down the image of Baal and cut in pieces the wooden image of Asherah and destroyed the altar before these idols. And in place he built an altar to the God of Israel and on it laid the broken pieces of the idols for wood, and with them offered a young ox as a burnt offering. On the next morning, when the people of the village went out to worship their idols, they found them cut in pieces, the altar taken away, in its place stood an altar of the Lord, and on it the pieces of the Asherah were burning as wood under a sacrifice to the Lord. The people looked at the broken and burning idols, and they said, Who has done this? Someone said, Gideon the son of Joash did this last night. Then they came to Joash, Gideon's father, and said, 
we are going to kill your son because he has destroyed the image of Baal, who is our God. And Joash, Gideon's father, said, If Baal is a god, he can take care of himself, and he will punish the man who has destroyed his image. Why should you help Baal? Let Baal help himself. And when they saw that Baal could not harm the man who had broken down his altar and his image, the people turned from Baal back to their own Lord God. Gideon sent men through all his own tribe of Manasseh and the other tribes in that part of the land to say, Come and help us drive out the Midianites. The men came and gathered around Gideon. Very few of them had swords and spears, for the Israelites were not a fighting people and were not trained for war. They met beside a great spring on Mount Gilboa, called the Fountain of Herod. Mount Gilboa is one of the three mountains on the east of the plain of Estralon, or the plain of Jezreel, of which we read in the last story. On the plain, stretching up the side of another of these mountains, called the Hill of Mora, was the camp of a vast Midianite army. For as soon as the Midianites heard that Gideon had undertaken to set his people free, they came against him with a mighty host. Just as Deborah and her little army had looked down from Mount Tabor on the great army of the Canaanites, so now, on Mount Gilboa, Gideon looked down on the host of the Midianites in their camp on the same plain. Gideon was a man of faith. He wished to be sure that God was leading him, and he prayed to God and said, O Lord God, give me some sign that thou wilt save Israel through me. Here is a fleece of wool on this threshing floor. If tomorrow morning the fleece is wet with dew, while the grass around it is dry, then I shall know that thou art with me, and that thou wilt give me victory over the Midianites. Very early the next morning Gideon came to look at the fleece. He found it wringing wet with dew, while all around the grass was dry. But Gideon was not yet satisfied. He said to the Lord, O Lord, be not angry with me, but give me just one more sign. Tomorrow morning let the fleece be dry, and let the dew fall all around it, and then I will doubt no more. The next morning Gideon found the grass and the bushes and the trees wet with dew while the fleece of wool was dry, and Gideon was now sure that God had called him, and that God would give him victory over the enemies of Israel. The Lord said to Gideon, Your army is too large. If Israel should win the victory, they would say we won it by our own might. Send home all those who are afraid to fight. For many of the people were frightened as they looked at the host of their enemies, and the Lord knew that these men in the battle would only hinder the rest. So Gideon sent word through the camp, Whoever is afraid of the enemy may go home, and twenty-two thousand people went away, leaving only ten thousand in Gideon's army. But the army was stronger, though it was smaller, for the cowards had gone, and only the brave men were left. But the Lord said to Gideon, The people are yet too many. You need only a few of the bravest and best men to fight in this battle. Bring the men down the mountain beside the water, and I will show you there how to find the men whom you need. In the morning Gideon by God's command called his ten thousand men out and made them march down the hill, just as though they were going to attack the enemy. And when they were beside the water he noticed how they drank, and set them apart in two companies according to their way of drinking. As they came to the water, most of the men threw aside their shields and spears, and knelt down and scooped up a draught of the water with both hands together like a cup. These men Gideon commanded to stand in one company. There were a few men who did not stop to take a large draught of water, holding spear and shield in the right hand to be ready for the enemy if one should suddenly appear. They merely caught up a handful of water in passing and marched on, lapping up the water from one hand. God said to Gideon, 
set by themselves these men who lapped up each a handful of water these are the men whom i have chosen to set israel free gideon counted these men and found that there were only three hundred of them while all the rest bowed down on their faces to drink the difference between them was that these three hundred were earnest men of one purpose not turning aside from their aim even to drink as the others did then too they were watchful men always ready to meet their enemies suppose that the midianites had rushed out on that army while nearly all of them were on their faces drinking their arms thrown to one side how helpless they would have been but no enemy could have surprised the three hundred who held their spears and shields ready even while they were taking a drink some have thought that this test also showed who were worshippers of idols and who worshipped god for men fell on their faces when they prayed to the idols but men stood up while they worshipped the lord perhaps this act showed that most of the army were used to worship kneeling down before idols and that only a few used to stand up before the lord in their worship but of this we are not certain it did show that here were three hundred brave watchful men obedient to orders and ready for the battle then gideon at god's command sent back to the camp on mount gilboa all the rest of his army nearly ten thousand men keeping with himself only his little band of three hundred but before the battle god gave to gideon one more sign that he might be the more encouraged god said to gideon go down with your servant into the camp of the midianites and hear what they say it will cheer your heart for the fight then gideon crept down the mountain with his servant and walked around the edge of the midianite camp just as though he were one of their own men he saw two men talking and stood near to listen one man said to the other i had a strange dream in the night i dreamed that i saw a loaf of barley bread come rolling down the mountain and it struck the tent and threw it down in a heap on the ground what do you suppose that dream means that loaf of bread said the other means gideon a man of israel who will come down and destroy this army for the lord god has given us all into his hand gideon was glad when he heard this for it showed that the midianites for all their number were in fear of him and his army even more than his men had feared the midianites he gave thanks to god and hastened back to his camp and made ready to lead his men against the midianites gideon's plan did not need a large army but it needed a few careful bold men who should do exactly as their leader commanded them he gave to each man a lamp a pitcher and a trumpet and told the men just what was to be done with them the lamp was lighted but was placed inside the pitcher so that it could not be seen he divided his men into three companies and very quietly led them down the mountain in the middle of the night and arranged them all in order around the camp of the midianites then at one moment a great shout rang out in the darkness the sword of the lord and of gideon and after it came a crash of breaking pitchers then a flash of light in every direction the three hundred men had given the shout and broken their pitchers so that on every side lights were shining then men blew their trumpets with a mighty noise and the midianites were roused from sleep to see enemies all round them lights beaming and swords flashing in the darkness while everywhere the sharp sound of the trumpets was heard they were filled with sudden terror and thought only of escape not of fighting but wherever they turned their enemies seemed to be standing with swords drawn they trampled each other down to death flying from the israelites their own land was in the east across the river jordan and they fled in that direction down one of the valleys between the mountains gideon had thought that the midianites would turn toward their own land if they should be beaten in the battle and he had already planned to cut off their flight 
the ten thousand men in the camp he had placed on the sides of the valley leading to the Jordan. There they slew very many of the Midianites as they fled down the steep pass toward the river. And Gideon had also sent to the men of the tribe of Ephraim, who had thus far taken no part in the war, to hold the only place at the river where men could wade through the water. Those of the Midianites who had escaped from Gideon's men on either side of the valley were now met by the Ephraimites at the river, and many more of them were slain. Among the slain were two of the princes of the Midianites, named Oreb and Zeb. A part of the Midianite army was able to get across the river and to continue its flight toward the desert. But Gideon and his brave three hundred men followed closely after them, fought another battle with them, destroyed them utterly, and took their two kings, Zeba and Zalmunna, whom he killed. After this great victory the Israelites were freed forever from the Midianites. They never again ventured to leave their home in the desert to make war on the tribes of Israel. The tribe of Ephraim, in the middle of the land, was one of the most powerful of the twelve tribes. Its leaders were quite displeased with Gideon, because their part in the victory had been so small. They said to Gideon, in an angry manner, Why did you not send word to us when you were calling for men to fight the Midianites? But Gideon knew how to make a kind answer. He said to them, What have I done as compared with you? Did you not kill thousands of the Midianites at the crossing of the Jordan? Did you not take their two princes, Oreb and Zeb? What could my men have done without the help of your men? By gentle words and words of praise Gideon made the men of Ephraim friendly. And after this, as long as Gideon lived, he ruled as judge in Israel. The people wished him to make himself a king. Rule over us as king, they said, and let your son be king after you, and his son king after him. But Gideon said, No, you have a king already, for the Lord God is the king of Israel. No one but God shall be king over these tribes. Of all the fifteen men who ruled as judges in Israel, Gideon, the fifth judge, was the greatest in courage, in wisdom, and in faith in God. If all the people in Israel had been like him, there would have been no worship of idols and no weakness before the enemies. Israel would have been strong and faithful before God. But as soon as Gideon died, and even before his death, his people began once more to turn away from the Lord and to seek the idol gods that could give them no help. End of story 10